You tune to Sirius FM 105.7. Yes, absolutely. It's gone 812 uh, Central African time. Uh, well, I can tell you, you lovely enjoyed, uh, uh, I really enjoyed that medley. And uh, Yusuf, hey, here is a knack of uh, looking at things at different angles. Really, really appreciate that. And Alhamdulillah, the time of the morning where it's a quick fire Q&A with our very own uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Mufti Ibrahim Smith Adar from the Boer Cup. Someone uh, that, uh, yeah, I tell you, when he talks, you pay attention, people. And uh, he's a genuine uh, human being. Uh, you know, once you meet him and you become his friend, huh, you have a wonderful time. Besides, you know, you have an alim full of knowledge. you got a top security yeah, you got a security person now. Like, you know that you pay like for, for you got it for free. <laughs> for Mahala people. <laughs> Mufti. Hey, lach, lach, lekker no. Mufti, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Tell me how you're doing this fine, uh, beautiful Friday morning. Jumma Mubarak to you. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shabbat. And all our listeners, I'm just listening to you now, uh, describing my unique physique, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made some of us tall, extremely tall. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave some of us, uh, you know, uh, a lesser physique. But nevertheless, alhamdulillah, it is uh, the blessed day of Jumu'ah. And it is the month of Rabi'ul Awwal as well. So a double blessings for the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He must be You know, uh, this uh, last week I was privileged to uh, be the MC of a function where Imam Siraj Wahaj uh, was the guest speaker. And I tell you something, it was such a moment for me to meet an individual that motivated uh, Malik al-Shabazz, Malcolm X, to become uh, you know, the mainstream uh, Muslim, who motivated Muhammad Ali to become a mainstream Muslim, an individual that was the chairman of DDAT's debate with uh, Jimmy Swaggart, an individual that left his father's uh, ministry, the Nation of Islam, and uh, exposed his father, you know, and... Uh, came to the deen, and today he's, alhamdulillah, a wonderful ambassador of Islam, uh, Mufti Saab. Perhaps uh, your thoughts on Imam Siraj Wahaj, uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith? Uh, Shivat, I, I didn't have the opportunity to, to meet him personally. You know, I've read about him. Uh, I also uh, read about some of the programs that he had uh, in Durban. You know, So in Islam, we need uh, people, we need ambassadors, we need uh, du'at, uh, people that can give a uh, calling to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, people of the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, people that are firm, people that are true, uh, coming from America. I know there's so many different uh, uh, sects in Islam there, that side. So uh, even the people in America, they themselves are lost uh, sometimes, you know, because everyone uh, uh, promoting a different uh, brand or different version of Islam there. So we as uh, Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, MashaAllah, that we welcome all righteous people that are uh, expressing uh, the correct views uh, regarding entertaining Islam, you know, and also inviting uh, other people. I'm telling you, Shafa, the people, they are hungry out there. They're yearning for Islam. They want uh, this religion, you know. But uh, sometimes, sadly, we as Muslims, we're sitting uh, with this and we're not uh, taking the message, beautiful message of Islam to the masses. And for that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will definitely take us to task, G. Gee, Mufti Sahib, it's an important day for me too. My brother-in-law reminded me, and I'm, I'm going to read this to you because I need you to make special du'as for my dear mom who made the parda 20 years ago. And I'm reading this message. I said, Assalamu alaikum. Please air the message uh, on uh, Mufti's show. A message is, uh, Salams and Jumma Mubarak to all. Please ask Mufti Ibrahim Smith to make special du'as for my mother-in-law, Mrs. Zubaydah Dular Khan, 
who left the ephemeral world, this is the fleeing, uh, fleeting world, 20 years ago to date. We try to uphold her legacy of steadfastness, uh, steadfastness and uh, kind generosity to the indigent, and may Allah continue to elevate her status in the Akhirah. Ameen. From uh, Imtiaz Khan, that's my brother-in-law, Mufti Saab, special duas for my beautiful mum, my wonderful mum, Zubeda Dular Khan, uh, Mufti Saab. I mean, I mean, Shafat, in a special du'as to her and to all our deceased, our parents, you know, they brought us into this world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has used them as a means and uh, we should live and strive and make du'a, uh, you know, and also uh, to make them uh, comfortable in the year after. We should do abundant of uh, good deeds, also give sadaqah and charity on uh, their behalf. You know, it won't be long. Then, uh, inshallah, Allah will reunite us uh, with those wonderful people who have left this world. So may Allah grant uh, them all maghfirah, you know, Jannah to fear those also. We're asking Allah for the highest stages of Jannah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open up uh, their qabr and fill it with nur, inshallah. Ameen. Ameen, Summa, Ameen. Uh, Mufti Saab, is your mom still alive? My mother passed away in 2006 in my arms, Shabbat. She uh, stayed by me, but both my parents, you know, and my father passed away six years after that in 2012. So uh, 2006, uh, my mother passed away, you know, and, and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we made dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant also uh, Jannah to Firdaus. Ameen. Ameen, Summa Ameen. Yes, sir, Mufti Saab. And uh, yes, sir, your questions are flying in. Hey, when you come on, it's like, you know, <laughs> like a magnet. Hey, these things are coming there. Oh, you like a light, you know, all those things coming. I don't, I can't give that description. The light is on and the moths are coming through. That's a wrong description. These are top people coming through. And it says, Assalamu alaikum. Any special reward for fasting on the 12th of Rabiul Awal, Mufti Saab? There's no special reward mentioned uh, in the hadith, uh, Shafat. So people who want to fast, uh, they can fast, you know, because out of the love of, of fasting, uh, fasting is for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know. Uh, we shouldn't start anything new. We shouldn't innovate uh, anything also. Uh, sometimes we are signaling out a particular day and it has no uh, special merit in Islam. So I didn't come across any special virtue of fasting, authentic virtue of uh, fasting on the 12th of Rabiul Awal. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti. Are Muslims allowed to claim personal injury claims for injuries suffered at work? Yes, if you've entered into a contract with your employer and it is stated in there that you are allowed a compensation if you are injured at work, then you can uh, legally do so. You know, you can accept uh, the funds also uh, that uh, they will, uh, of course, pay you. But uh, if you didn't enter into a contract, then you can mutually discuss the matter with your employer, with your boss. And uh, if he compensates you, that also you can take. But it needs to be a genuine uh, complaint about a genuine uh, injury. You know, a person shouldn't fake an injury just to take a few days of work or to milk uh, the boss also. So be careful in fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to these matters, G. Yeah, people, you remember the days of long, long ago, they'll go to the doctors and the doctors say, yeah, don't worry, you might show me. Hey, doctor, man, could you say that? Right? Oh, don't worry, you take three weeks off. Yeah, and subsequently, people, a lot of doctors got caught. Those days, I don't think they do it anymore. Fake doctor certificate. Mufti Saab, Looking at the question, this all flying through here. It says, Assalamu alaikum. Does the father have uh, to treat his children uh, equitably in terms of gift giving? GG, Mufti. Yes, you must be equal. There's one hadith in Bukhari uh, mentioning that a person should treat his children equally, you know. So uh, we shouldn't make a, uh, or differentiate between them. 
in that way we create animosity and we create hatred and uh, we create a bad blood between siblings. So that's why Islam has instructed us uh, to give to them equally. Yes, sometimes you'll find that uh, the weakling or some you give them a little bit of extra, but as long as you give, and if you cannot uh, give all of them, then refrain from giving just one, because that will also create uh, some sort of bad blood and uh, animosity between siblings. Assalamu alaikum, uh, Mufti and team. Can a husband bury his wife after she passes, and can he be in the same room as her body before it leaves for the cemetery? Yes, a husband can do both. Uh, Shabbat, he can do that. Because although the marriage contract has terminated, it was still his wife, you know. So uh, he can be in the same uh, room. He can say his final goodbyes. And uh, in the burial procedure also, he is allowed to go into the grave and uh, lower uh, the corpse or the body of his wife into uh, the grave as well. So there's no problem doing that, G. Yeah, Mufti Sahib, a very interesting story of Hazrat Ali, radiallahu and uh, that he did everything for Fatima, radiallahu I don't think, I don't know about the gusul and all that, but I believe the burial was done by him. It was done in the darkness of the night, and no one even uh, knows uh, where her cover is. Uh, fill us in there, Mufti Saab. Yes, uh, so so the, that is one narration that uh, Sayyidina Ali, he did all of that, you know. As you mentioned now, we do not know about the Husso, but we do know that uh, Sayyidina Aisha, Radiallahu and uh, Rasulullah, one day said that, uh, that he will uh, perform Husso, and he will bury her also, you know. So uh, the Hanafi Madhab, it is uh, different in that regards with regards to Husso. But uh, the barrier of uh, the procedure was done in complete parda. Remember, this was the beloved daughter of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fatima al-Zahra, radiallahu ta'ala anha. So uh, that's why she, you know, the foundations of, of modesty and uh, the foundations of parda all stems from uh, this beloved daughter of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ji. Yeah, so we'll call it Sunnatul Fatima. Where you put yes. the cover over the, uh, the, the cover over the, for the ladies. Gee, over the body, you know, especially when lowering it, Shafat, because at the burial you'll find strange men also, and uh, the coffin, you know, it is uh, pieces of cloth that is wrapped very, very tightly around the body. So uh, to disguise the silhouette and to cover it also, that, uh, that's why that uh, sheet is normally taken and uh, placed over the grave, and then the body is uh, then discreetly lowered into the grave, gee. Uh, for that, Why does the West highlight the Iranian girl killed, but forgetting Muslim females in India, Mufti? Because they are biased, they're looking for uh, to highlight the crimes against uh, Muslims, and uh, but they're forgetting the biggest crimes is committed in India by uh, these uh, Hindu people, that's uh, Hindutva uh, mobs are targeting Muslim females there. Uh, ripping the scarves off the head and uh, raping them and killing them and or doing all sorts of bad things, but for that they keep quiet, you know. But just because now they can po- uh, point a finger to Iran where this uh, unfortunate incident has happened, that's why they're throwing fuel onto the flames to escalate the situation under the female females and emancipation of, of females, thinking that it is still a country that uh, adopts a slavery. So we should uh, completely avoid uh, the noise that the West is making. Do not focus on that. You know, if they speak things like this, then we should point them in the direction, uh, like the UI Muslims in uh, China, we should point to uh, what is happening in India and elsewhere in the world. That is the real plight of our female sisters, Shifat Ji. Yeah, absolutely, Mufti. Spot on there. Uh, this question says, Assalamu alaikum. What is the ruling on metal vessels that are made of stainless steel, which looks like silver, but is not silver, Mufti? The ruling will be according to the original metal. So if it is a stainless steel, 
then that will be uh, the ruling. If it is a uh, uh, silver plated, then uh, of course it is not regarded as a silver. Of yes, you can uh, abstain from it if you dislike it, you know, and uh, that would most most probably be the better option. But uh, the asshole, the genuine ruling shafat will be like that. It is the same like gold plated things, you know. It is best then to avoid all of those things because of the shuba, the similarities that is found outwardly, at least from that and from real gold. So in order to avoid the uh, confusion and uh, to avoid uh, uh, many other things in the opening the doors of fitna and questions, it is best to avoid such things, although it is uh, permissible in its nature because a stainless, a stainless steel is permissible to use. I tell you, it's rocking. It's rocking, Mufti Saab. <laughs> I have to use the term. I mean, it's just rocking here yeah, and uh, eating gold steaks. Hey! Aye, aye, aye. I don't know how. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so tell me about eating gold steaks. I mean, that that it just came on the screen like an eating gold steaks. It's like I did not put that uh, message there, Mufti. <laughs> gold gold steaks, uh, Shafat. So that is normally covered in a foil, in edible uh, gold uh, foil. You know, they normally spray okay. uh, put gold powder on there. So yes, uh, that you can eat also. Hey, lucky man. I thought you just take your egg and put the yellow there. It becomes like a gold. Oh, there's it. <laughs> That's a big gold steak there, Mufti. That's a <laughs> big one, eh? What steak yes. is that, Mufti? I mean, the Mufti and I got a, a big picture that came into our screen. And we can see it. <laughs> that, that's called a tomahawk steak, a tomahawk steak. So it's a, a, a big piece of steak. That's why you see that bone uh, sticking out there, Shavad. So normally they fillet it and they cut off the meat part and they put the bone separate. And uh, they cut it and put the gold uh, foil over and sprinkle it with, uh, with a coarse salt and a freshly cracked black pepper. Uh, very expensive also, G. I tell you, people. You, our mufti is a connoisseur. Anything <laughs> gold. Yeah, like Imam Ghazali said, anything gold, gold utensil, gold that now, gold steak, it's shaitan. Yeah. Gee. Shaitan, yeah, people. You can't, man. You're putting gold tooth and gold everything and say, check my finger, gold finger. No, mufti. No, no, this uh, gold. <laughs> hey, let's get, I mean, that, let's be honest. That is a shaitan eating that whole thing there, mufti. Yes, it is just to enhance it, you know, to enhance uh, the food, but it's actually to push up the price. That is what it is, uh, because of the gold dust and gold foil, edible foil they put on there. By there, they put it up 100, 200 bucks, just to uh, confuse the consumer. But Mufti, on a more lighter note, how many of these gold stakes you chowed, Mufti? Yeah, Shafat, uh, you know, that, uh, that uh, I refrain from because uh, red meat, so uh, red meat uh, and uh, hypertension and uh, cholesterol and all these things uh, we have to uh, cut down on, you know. So I, I stay away from from uh, these things most of the time. Unless people offer and uh, then we'll eat. I'm going to make for you one day. Beef cubes with <laughs> potatoes, lovely gravy, and I'll get the freshest and freshest of white bread and I'll make you a bunny. And on the side, I'll make you the best salad ever. We'll crush that bunny, Mufti. We'll crush it and chow it. No, uh, no, nothing gold. No, 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 I mean, no, no, no gold. Plain, just like that. We're gonna chow it. I uh, can zakat be given to a poor man who has well-off kids, uh, Mufti. Yes, if you have ascertained that the person is zakatable, remember the person should be zakatable. You have to do uh, some sort of audit uh, just to see if the person is zakatable. Then you can give uh, such a person zakat. Uh, it won't. Uh, uh, but, you know, even if the children spend on him, it won't make him not eligible for zakat because what the children give, that is from their side. It doesn't uh, change the situation of that person 
or the eligibility of the eligibility of this particular zakat case. So what we have to be careful, Shafat, is that not to discharge zakat only. You have to make sure that the person is a rightful recipient uh, because the problem is when you give to a person who's not zakatable or eligible for zakat, then you as the donor will have to repay that zakat. That's why zakat is so important. Uh, sometimes people just give for the sake of giving, you know, without uh, finding out or ascertaining if the person is zakatable. Make sure people that when you take out the zakat, the owner or the recipient is a rightful uh, recipient uh, to accept your zakat. G. Assalamualaikum Mufti. Who gets custody of adopted children if the couple divorce? Divorce, Mufti. Other divorce, yes. so many people are just saving. So divorce, many. Divorce, eh? I don't know what's yes. gone, going wrong here, Mufti. That it's like, it's become a fashion. Everywhere yes. you turn, they say, hey, you, have you heard? Hey, they got married last month. He's divorced. Mufti? Yes, you see, one of the problems is people don't attend marriage classes anymore. So they don't learn what is the rights of each other and that you learn once you attend a marriage class. And I'm not talking about the seminar. I'm talking about learning the actual Babu Nikah, the, the chapter of Nikah. And uh, in that way, inshallah, the people will then be able to uh, coexist with one another. Because after the honeymoon is over and the true colors in the true moods comes out, then, uh, uh, you know, they cannot live with one another. But in this case, because uh, Islam does not recognize legal adoptions, uh, so the couple will have to mutually agree what happens to the children. There is no custody or granting of custody to either of them in a Sharia court. You remember that? Uh, so they will have to agree uh, into the, you know, to the best interest of that particular child uh, when uh, the situation of a divorce uh, comes to the fore. So it is not like a normal Sharia court where custody will be given to the mother for a couple of years and then after they transfer to the father. That is for a person's own children. As for those that are adopted, uh, there is no particular ruling for that uh, in Islam. Ji. Uh, looking at this message, uh, it's from uh, Apa Kala. She says, uh, Assalamu alaikum Mufti Saab. When we were young and we were about to get married, they gave us the Behesti Zewar and uh, we called it the Lal Kitab. It had it all, Mufti Saab. Some said it was very rude, but Mufti Saab, yes. it did the job and we never got divorced. Please, uh, Mufti Saab, tell the uh, young couples to get the Lal Kitab with the Quran and there will be no divorce. Mufti, your comments? Yes, a very good uh, book written, you know, by Mullah Ashraf Ali Thani, Rahimullah Ta'ala. Hakim Ummah, he was known as Hakim Ummah, you know. So a lot of wisdom in there, a lot of thick rulings in there also. So that is what I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm saying, Shafat, that if people only study the chapter of Nikah and they know the rights of each other, then they will refrain from uh, running towards uh, divorce when there's a small argument. Sometimes it is minor, minor things that can be sorted out. But because of the lack of patience and because of the lack of understanding and a true understanding of Islam in, in Dini and Fiti Messiah, people run towards divorce, you know. So if you can give a gift uh, to your daughter or to your son when they get married, then this is one of the best books to give them, gee. Well, you heard it from Mufti there. One Dal Kitab, one Quran. Don't forget the other one, people. Yeah, the Indian delight. Must give it. Yeah. Hey, if you don't know how to cook and all, you got a problem, people. You must have a go get <laughs> Massive the Indian problem. <laughs> yeah, you must get that, uh, inshallah. Yeah, Azail Amal too. Yeah, I got that, that Chota Mota's book. I think uh, I knew him personally. Hey, I knew these authors, uh, Mufti. G G G. Even uh, Zuleika Mayat. I mean, Indian delight. How many times I interviewed her on A? 
Yeah. They're very close, but she's nearly a hundred now. I don't know. Allah, Allah grant him barakah. I mean, I mean, I mean, already legend, legend, legendary people indeed. Uh, can a Muslim own a supermarket? Ay, ay, ay. This is a funny question. Yeah, I'm going to read it. Uh, can a Muslim own supermarket sell pork products to their non-Muslim customers? Mufti Sab, the reality is that question is valid. Yes. But so many are doing it. Yes, and, and we've seen on social media also, uh, some, uh, Muslim supermarkets selling pork products, uh, some uh, supermarkets based in and around taxi ranks selling pork products, you know, and then uh, thinking they can just, uh, give that money away. So it is haram to sell pork even to non-Muslims. You cannot even sell it to non-Muslims. You cannot even pay uh, salaries from the monies and profits that you made by selling pork to your non-Muslim staff. That money should be disposed of. So that is how bad and severe the situation is, Shafat, uh, because you want to uh, uh, cater for your diverse clientele that enters your shop, you know. So now you start selling a pork Venus, pork this, pork that, uh, in order to cater for the crowds. You should refrain from that, you know. Your baraka of your business will also go away, uh, notwithstanding the fact that you're violating a clear-cut order from the glorious Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, is to abstain from pork and to abstain eating pork, uh, selling pork, and any benefit that a person might derive from pork tea. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, that pork. Hey, no, Macon. I'm eating Macon and eggs. I mean, how you can, because that's all pork product and you want to like, you know, be hip and be like in the porky gang. No, 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 no ways, people. Uh, this question, it says, is Salah valid in a room where there is pictures on the wall like MBS, uh, the Sultan of Brunei and that, what's the other one? Hey, that king of this and king of that. All these people don't even have a Sunnah beard too, but they all posing. In that room, and you're reading Salah there, Mufti Saab. So it is Bakru Tahrimi to read Salah in a uh, room where there is uh, pictures, you know, displayed. Whether it is on the wall, whether it's on the blankets, whether it's on the duvet, whether it's on the carpet, etc. Those things should be removed. Because remember, the angels of mercy does not enter a house where there's uh, pictures uh, that are displayed. You know, so people hang up. Pictures of this king, like you said now, Shiva, they hang up of the peer, they hang up of this shaykh, that, etc. You know, you can't do that. You have to remove those pictures. And uh, that will also uh, decrease you uh, in uh, your rewards of salah because you're being distracted by that. Salah is something that should be read with khushu, utmost humility and fear. You're standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why you have to keep it as simple as possible without any of these uh, haram pictures. Yeah, Mufti, what about that uncle there? Well, quickly Azan's going and, you know, he knows, hey, and he's got his TV on and he's reading his Salah and somebody can, you know, he's getting distracted by the picture and quickly gets, hey, Manchester United, not Liverpool 10. <laughs> he puts his head down. <laughs> then he, I mean, that type of Salah, Mufti Saab. Same you know, No, no, you, yeah. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's worse than that picture there. You can put your head down. You're not looking at that picture. But this bigger picture, Mufti Saab, where we've all yes. now. We have evolved. This is a, you got a 58 inch TV there and you got your musalla right under this and you got <laughs> that thing on. Yeah. Even you got the volume down, but always a person, the eye is where he's hitting Mufti Saab. He's looking at Mr. Dajjal. Talk to us about this uh, phenomenon. I mean, this is an upgraded question. 
That is even worse, uh, Shafat. You know, and you know what is more sad is people will justify it and they will tell you, know, but we're watching Islamic TV, Islamic programs. So that sort of makes it okay to them. You know, it is even worse. There's no Islamic nothing. You're watching pictures, you're looking at pictures, and then the sound is there also. Like you said, now it's worse than a picture hanging uh, to, uh, on the wall. You know, so all of these haramia tricks that people are doing and justifying in the name of Islam, Islamic ethos, Islamic this, all a uh, b- b- bunch of nonsense, you know, the Salah, Hushu, and Khudu. That's why Masjidun Nabawi of Rasulullah was a very, very simple place. No distractions, uh, Shafat, because you're coming there, you're coming there to pay your debt, and your debt is a Salahji. Absolutely, Mufti. Can the Imam uh, charge for a marriage certificate? Yes, the imam can charge for a marriage certificate. It is quite expensive to print nowadays. Books is expensive, you know, and then people abuse it. Like in the first argument, they have a couple and they tear up uh, the marriage certificate. And when you ask them, when they come to you, the, you ask them what happened. They said, no, we were angry and uh, we tore it up, you know, and they expect you just to write another one. So the imam can charge and he can decide how much to charge. Also, I always encourage the imma they do charge the people because once people pay for something, then only they appreciate and value it, G. I must hand it to the Cape Tonians. I must hand it to the Shafis. Kullu mafi shafi. And say, Ya Nabi, salam alayka. Ya Rasul, salam alayka. And the duff is going doof, 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 doof there. And everyone's, you know, really, there's a mood there and you can feel them all. They got a vibe, people. They got something. So the question here, Mufti Saab, he says, Mufti, Mufti, why do shafi people celebrate Mawlud? Most Hanifis do not. But I, I believe that, uh, uh, you know, these, uh, the, the salami was once upon a time, the national Anthem of the Ottoman Empire, uh, Mufti Saab? Yes. Shafat, so there's been many aspects to this particular question. You know? See, in the Shafi Madhab, the letter ulama, letter scholars, they permitted uh, the celebration of Mawlud. But uh, their uh, view of what Mawlud is and what uh, uh, is being done today is completely two separate issues. Like you find Imam Suyuti, Rahimullah Ta'ala, and others, uh, uh, they would permit uh, the recitation of poetry, uh, the speaking about the seerah of Rasulullah and of course feeding the poor people, that is how celebration used to be initially, and that is what they permitted. Now, many, many more bid'at uh, crept into the ummah, you know, uh, in Cape Town it is so worse, you find one female jamaat competing against another female jamaat in making dhikr, and this one will have a green costume, and that one will have a purple costume, and they'll go on stage in front of, of strange males, and all these evil, evil, uh, bad, bad things people are doing, bid'ah, you know, should be condemned in the strongest form because they're making a mockery out of the birth of Rasulullah and they are diverted and deviated so that's why many of these aspects need to be condemned within the Shafi Madhab as well and I'm one of those people that normally condemn anything that goes against the Madhab uh, some Hanafis permitted although they will call it Sirah They'll have a, a gathering where they discuss the beautiful life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So it is the month of uh, Rabi'ul Awwal and we should always uh, recite abundance uh, of uh, durood upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. No harm in that shifat, the innovations that we should be careful of. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dawah tool, number one. You bring in, you bring in, your, in, you know, it's a good idea. You bring in all your non-Muslim neighbors, feed them. You know, yes. there they are. And, you know, give a, a uh, seerah, give the story of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, Mufti Saab, I've been in, in, in many of these functions where I even uh, gave the story or the life story of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You won't believe it. 
I must have converted about three or four non-Muslims just on the lecture of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu yes. alaihi telling them about Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alaihi and that made it so like fruitful and so beneficial because most of us were failing in our duty to give the message of Islam to our, our non-Muslim neighbors because on the day of Yomul Qiyamah, Mufti Saab, yes. your non-Muslim neighbor will grab you by the throat. He will be like a leech on your on your neck. And you say, you see that? Yeah, Mufti Ibrahim Smith didn't tell me about Islam. Gee. Uh, haram. <laughs> have a beard, yeah. Uh, you know, we can't do that, Mufti Saba. Perhaps your thoughts. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm saying that uh, the, giving the message of the Sira, a wonderful birth of Rasulullah, his life's mission, that is the message we should take to the people. And you're fortunate uh, you have been granted opportunity to speak at many, many of these functioning people have embraced Islam uh, at your end, Shafat. So that, once you do it correctly, then there will be barakah in your efforts because now you are speaking about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa you know, and taking the message. First and foremost, I agree to your non-Muslim neighbors because they are the closest people to you even in time of trials, tribulations and afflictions. The first people that will come forward is that uh, who are your neighbors, you know, so that we should do. Even me next week, inshallah, that uh, I have a Sira program in a uh, Vatbank uh, Masjid on Thursday and Friday, and I have a program in Marlborough, Jami Masjid also, the coming Tuesday, and one in Lodium also. So we're taking the message far and wide, and we, uh, by God, Allah subhanahu wa accept all our efforts, you know, we have to rekindle the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ah, well done, the Mufti Sahib. Assalamualaikum, Mufti. What is your opinion on these investment companies that are promising high returns, but their directors are stealing the money? Like one company, you know, you know, starts with an A and ends with a T. Investment. <laughs> all a bunch of crooks. If you ask me, I'm very straightforward. I don't beat around the bush. You know, all a bunch of crooks. Pyramid schemes. People should be very, very careful of that. You know, the investors are taking the money. And uh, they're investing it in offshore accounts, they're investing it in bitcoins, and uh, they are living a life of luxury, flying here, there, buying cats uh, at the expense. And then when people uh, want their uh, returns, uh, promised the returns, and there's nothing there. So uh, many, many of them, not all, they, you get the good ones excluded, but many of them are certified crooks, uh, Shafat. And how can you promise uh, such big returns in a market that is so volatile? You know, you, you as an investor should be uh, realistic also. You should study the market before investing in uh, these uh, companies. And those with Muslim names, sometimes you have to be careful because uh, they're using those names to entice uh, the public and uh, just to fool them and scam them out of their hard-earned money, G. Yeah, I can see that big composite there. Marlboro Jame Masjid, Sira Bayan, by Mufti Ibrahim Smith, DB. Hey, I don't know tell them what that stands for, but I'll tell you I know what it stands for. Lamud Barakatu. Tuesday on the 15th of Rabiul Awal, 11th October 2022, after Isha Jama at 8 p.m. Yusuf, you're going to get Mufti there in Bakerton Masjid in Springs. Hey, you and Abu. Make a plan, man. Make a plan. Get your Mufti there. And who are you going to call for the Sira program? Mufti Ibrahim Smith. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Whilst in Australia, we were offered kangaroo meat, but refused to eat it. What is the ruling, Mufti? Kangaroo meat is halal. Kangaroo meat is halal. If you go there, you can eat from it, uh, provided that it has been slaughtered according to Sharia. So if you've made sure that it was slaughtered according to Sharia, then you can eat uh, from that. You know, so it is, of course, uh, Shafat, uh, it is according to one's taste. You know, not everyone will eat that. 
Many people stick to mutton, chicken, fish, beef, etc. But you find occasionally you have to eat when you travel. Then sometimes you are forced to eat uh, because there's nothing else around also, G. Hey, tiny kangaroo jump, boy. Tiny kangaroo jump. Yeah, you know the name of a tiny kangaroo, Mufti. You know it. Tell the world. <laughs> Tell them, Mufti. Hey, Shafal, I, my brain, you know, I've forgotten uh, uh, because we grew up with these things. It's a joke. Joey. Okay, you know it. All right, uh, Yusuf wants to know, can we eat veil? Yes, you you can eat that also, but that is actually baby beef. So uh, the beef, you know, uh, slaughtering for kurbani, slaughtering for consumption is two different things. For kurbani, it should be a certain age. And uh, when you're slaughtering for under normal circumstances, then you can slaughter also. So it's permissible uh, to eat uh, baby beef, G. Hey, baby, hey. Hey, buck meat. Eric and hey, on whole pipe and this, uh, what they say, soft. In Afrikaans, they say suckies, eh? Yes, suckies. Yeah, buy a sucker. Mm. I don't know. I want to have like in between. Uh, this question says, our community is having an interfaith prayer session to pray for peace. Are we allowed to attend, Mufti? If I refrain from attending interfaith uh, prayer gatherings, etc., you know, because uh, you'll be mixing there with non-Muslims and they'll be making shirk in front of you. They'll be sp- uh, making and uh, speaking about Trinity and this and that whilst you are standing there and witnessing how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is being blasphemed, you know, so we shouldn't attend any interfaith gatherings, interfaith prayer sessions, anything to do with interfaith, uh, that is a source of misguidance, and it will must lead you and your entire family, G. Mufti Sahib, you know, we just spoke about can we eat veil and so forth, uh, or is there an age limit for for animals? Uh, the age limit for Qurbani is, uh, varies from 6 months uh, uh, to 12 months, you know, from 12 months upwards. So that's for different animals. 12 months upwards, not 6 months. Uh, if it's 6 months and it resembles a 12 months animal, in meaning it's big in size and stature, then you can slot it also. But uh, for normal consumption, Shavad, you can uh, you can eat uh, whatever the, is uh, readily available. You can slot and eat. Mufti Saab, what is the ruling on homeopathic muscle relaxant Meds. Hey, I want to be cool, Mufti. I want my muscles to relax. Mufti? Yes, so the, sometimes, you know, the alternative to that is uh, allopathic medicine. So you'll find Norflex and uh, Voltarens, etc. So that is if a person suffers from a particular muscle disorders or he, he suffers from spasms. But if you use homeopathic, you have to make sure that there's no haram ingredients or substances in that homeopathic medicine, and it will help and speed up the course also. So if you can do that, uh, then it is permissible to use G. Mufti Saab, there is a Muslim that manufactures uh, medicine out of uh, ganja, and it is illegal. Can I use this as a relaxant, as I found uh, recently when I bought uh, the ointment? It worked wonders, Mufti. Shafat, you know, we, uh, we should uh, be very, very careful. Uh, see, government is clamping down on smokers and vaping. Are they permitting the use of ganja, marijuana, and all these other things? You know, so we have a corrupt government. What, what to expect? Uh, so as a Muslim, we should be careful. You get CBD, something that is THC-free. Uh, THC is a psychoactive ingredient in Dakha. So if you buy anything like that, you cannot use that because it's going to make you goof. It's going to make you high. There is other halal alternatives available that you can use. Of course, your doctor needs to prescribe these things or speak to your pharmacist. Hey, people, be careful, eh? 
all these things that Mufti said, you get goofed and all that ganja and I don't know what and what. And then you'll end off like a Bob Marley and you'll be a whaler for the rest of your life. Or you can end up like Peter Tosh or the other one, the Jimmy Cliff. They're still singing, people. Still singing. You are a Muslim. Keep away from all these things. Yeah, you can see when the man died, they say there was the hair was so long, he didn't wash it forever. This is all because, you know, this thing wrecks your brain cells, Mufti Sahib. Just like alcohol. Your, your brains go dead. And, uh, yeah. And then we hear the rumors. Hey, you're doing metric. Hey, try this thing. How many of them got fooled, Mufti Sahib? Which is a big lie. It never ever uh, strengthens your memory, Mufti. It doesn't strengthen your memory. It weakens your memory. And there's over 70 types of diseases associated with that, according to our fuqaha, you know, according to our jurists. So uh, once you start using these things, you're going to go to something stronger because your body uh, becomes immune uh, to that level of that particular drug that you use. And that's how our youth get addicted uh, to drug usage. Uh, that's why we tell them that stop all, uh, or, you know, close all the doors that leads uh, towards uh, these substance abuse things. Uh, don't start with marijuana and ganja and, and CBD and all these things because you'll end up uh, be using crack and cocaine, heroin, and something even far worse than that, G. Yeah, so what a name they gave it, eh? CBD. Central Business uh, District, Mufti. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes, uh, CBD, that is what uh, well, the name that... Uh, uh, they gave it, you know, which is an extraction uh, made from hemp. Uh, and then uh, from there, they separate the THC, the uh, active psycho ingredient that uh, causes a person to become high. Yeah. Yeah. The people, hey, uh, what psycho? You're psycho and this and CBD, that. CBD, basically cannabis oil, you know. So, so yeah. Is what they use it. Can, can a man, uh, this question here says, can a man marry a second wife if he cannot support her financially, Mufti? If she agrees, if the second wife agrees to forfeit her nafaka in the expenses, etc., and uh, then it is permissible for him to get married to her. But if she is still in need of nafaka, shifat, you cannot take something uh, beyond your means. You know, if you cannot do it simply, uh, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yes, you can get married. No one is telling you not to get married, but you should be uh, realistic as well. You should have the necessary means to maintain both of them, and there should be justice as well. Don't forget the justice part. But if uh, you marry uh, get married to someone who has money, who is uh, uh, rich, you know, affluent, etc., and she is just getting married to you for your company, then no problem, uh, or your sofa, no problem, so you can get married to her if uh, she mutually agrees that you do not have to support her, G. Yeah, and then, yeah, she'll say, yeah, you remember, I'm the boss. I've got the wallet. You <laughs> didn't pay. Uh, yeah, you didn't pay. I paid for that. Then what happens, Mufti? In that case, uh, Shafat, you know, that is one of the downsides if you uh, marry someone who has money but there's no dean. That's why dean always gets a preference because you should, uh, uh, you'll be uh, used to and you have to be accustomed to uh, the saying that I've worked for this. You just brought one bag here. You didn't come with nothing. You know, you get those type of uh, people also. So be careful uh, before you get married and do not get married for lust because there's other more responsible reasons to get married. And may Allah make it easy also, G. Uh, this question on the screen, and there's a clip also there. And a brother says, Assalamu alaikum. Great chat indeed, uh, Mufti, Brian Smith, uh, Shafat, and Yusuf Asmar. You guys got a knack with the quickfire Q&A. Just the other month, I was watching a, a clip on the WhatsApp, Mufti Saab, and there was this brother boasting and showing his cannabis farm, and he was growing uh, this high-quality cannabis, and he says, Inshallah, very soon it will be in the market. 
how can they use Allah's name in vain, uh, Mufti? When people are bereft of any taqwa, when people have no uh, God consciousness anymore, you know, then people will do this because it is all because of uh, making a few rents or because of commercializing Islam. So we should be uh, careful regarding those things. Uh, growing cannabis for medicinal purposes to supply laboratories that is uh, permissible, you know, but it is best left to non-Muslims to grow these things. And uh, not for us, I'm speaking about cannabis that are used uh, for medicinal purposes, meaning hemp when you are growing hemp, because that is basically what are used. And then the byproducts they use to make clothing, etc. So hemp has many, many different uses. But growing ganja specifically uh, for uh, cultivating it and uh, selling it to the people as narcotics, that is a completely, completely haram, not permissible for Muslim jeep. Jeep Mufti Sahib, and Alhamdulillah, you know, you see these people for money, they'll sell the soul. For money, they'll sell anything. And then he'll even use Allah's name in vain, saying, Inshallah, my product will be tops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. How they do all that, Mufti Saab, it's another story altogether. I tell you, absolutely a bumper edition of a quickfire Q&A. Perhaps uh, your parting words are this morning. Yeah, Allah protect the Mashwad. May Allah protect us, you know, from all these scoundrels out there. It is using the name of Islam to make a quick uh, buck, you know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take uh, them to task. May Allah bless the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of the true lovers of the, you know, the ashq your haq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our Mufti Ibrahim Smith and a big jazakallah khaira to all of you for sending in those questions. You really kept us busy and uh, Yusuf Asmal, a brilliant engineering once again. People keep it locked on to Sirius FM for beautiful broadcasting. The spiritual hours will come through and uh, Mufti A.K. Hussein Dhamad Barakatuh will be giving uh, the translation of the uh, Jumma Kudba from the How. Lands uh, from the team and I till we meet you again. We bid you Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is Serious Defense.